0: What I would tell people is this, if you can go through some kind of an experience that causes you to say, how did I not know this? How did I get to become 47 and not know this stuff? What it does for you is it goes, what else don't I know? If you can start asking that question, like, hold up. That was pretty awesome. Am I missing anything else? And what else don't I know? And I am on a pursuit to know all the things and realize there is just so much more out there for us. I love when you talk about getting curious. If you can unlock that Pandora's box just a little bit, I'm telling you all the stuff will come to you that you need.
1: Welcome girls to the Get Up Girl podcast, where we are making you live your fullest and fun life. Hey girls, welcome back to another episode of the Get Up Girl. I'm really excited for today's show because I got to talk to Lisa Coombs. She is one of my really good friends that I met in my elite level mastermind with Chris Harder. If you're not familiar with him, please follow him on Instagram at Chris W Harder. And, uh, you know, I've learned so much from him. And Lisa and I became friends about a year ago and She and I, I love when we get together because she and I have really cool conversations about like, what else is possible? She'll teach me things and then I teach her things. And in this podcast, we talk about her you know, getting up after divorce and how it was when she dated. I mean, because she and I, you know, we were both on dating apps and she now met her guy and I met my guy. And with that being said, she had this really cool thing about how she dated and she had these like non-negotiables when she went out and she was so open and she didn't go with any uh, like already preconceived notions or expectations. And she was just so open and, you know, met her guy. And I just think it's a really cool story about after the divorce. She's a copywriter and she's a phenomenal copywriter. And then she created this almost kind of like an accidental business where she couldn't find a job and then started doing this on the side and then making more money and even Flourish during the pandemic. I hope you're going to love this episode. Stay tuned. Listen in. And if you're ready and willing and you're, you're like, Joanna, okay. I love your podcast. I'm ready for the next thing. What's next? I am having a free 30 day challenge. I've been doing them since November, 2020. So if you're listening to this in real time, it's February and I am doing a journaling challenge every morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you're not in the, you know, West Coast, then Check out what time that is in your time zone. And I'm going live every day on Instagram and no more than 10 minutes. That's the challenge to myself. I'm gonna keep it short and pretty and (laughs) precise. And I'm gonna ask you a question every day and we're gonna journal together. And I'm gonna play some soft music and it's gonna be life-changing. It's only on day one and I'm like, I already feel expansive. Please join me. And if you wanna text every morning, let's do it. Text me challenge to 323- 524-9857. One more time. Three, two, three, five, two, four, nine, eight, five, seven. If I spoke too quickly, just swipe up. It'll be in the show notes. You can text me right there or go to my Instagram and there's a little text button. Boom, so freaking simple. You just press it and it comes right up on your phone. How does it get easier than that? Here you go. And let's go into the interview with Lisa Coombs. Welcome girls to the Get Up Girl. We are here with my gal, Lisa Coombs. She and I met in our mastermind program with Chris Harder and along with his wife, Lori. Shout out. You know, I talk about him a lot. And so Lisa and I got to drive together, uh, live together for about three to four days, and really get to know each other as women as a human being, as a business owner, and I'm so I'm so grateful. So Lisa, welcome to the show, and I'm excited to hear from you today.
0: Oh, Joanna, you literally have made such an impact and an influence on my life in the short period of time that I've known you that I have such amazing respect, and while we have different businesses, different backgrounds, we look different, all the things, there's so much in common and the things that we can share with each other that we didn't even know the gift you gave me, you were like, oh, yeah, this is just what I do. And yet it had a profound effect on me. And then that has trickled down to my family, my team, like my clients, all the things. And I'm forever changed by that interaction um, and excited for all the ones to come. So it's just the beginning. As I thank you for that. Yeah, you know, when you,
1: when you co create and you cohabitate with someone, for three to four days, same thing. When I went to Lori's uh, event, love yeah. right, and I roomed with this girl. Shout out to Holly Martin. I didn't even know her, Lisa. It was right? a Facebook, you know, group. Hey, who wants to room? Yeah, what a gift, right? Every time, at least for me, when I go to a retreat, I go to an event. Everybody out there, put yourself a little bit in a yes. uncomfortable zone and room with somebody. What a reception of a gift. That I received from you. So I I would love to talk about that today as well. Well, let's jump in because you have a copywriting business and amongst other things as well. And you have created a team, right? You are now facilitating and teaching other copywriters. And I know you're on the the edge of creating a whole new business as well. Right. So that it's a little bit easier because you cannot duplicate Lisa as many times. Right. To in order to scale that business. How did you get into copywriting?
0: Uh, You know, I didn't even know what copywriting was. I was those people I was like, I thought that was a legal term like trademark copy. Like I didn't know what that was. Um, In fact, it wasn't until somebody told me that I was a copywriter. I was like, okay, that sounds good. Um, mm-hmm. I just started out as like writing and I just happened to be clever with words. I have a sales background, um, very good with figuring out how to connect with people. And so copywriting is really about writing words that sell, words that move people. And I can do that verbally. So I learned how to put it into writing. Um, I started by writing blogs for people. And they're like, wow, that's really good. And can you do this for me? And I've always just said yes. Somebody will say, can you? And it literally doesn't matter what. I have a default that says yes. Yeah. And I'll go figure that (laughs) out. I'll go figure it out. I've even told people like you don't even have to pay me. Like I will go figure this out, and then you know you can pay me when I, I figure it. You know all the things. I always take opportunities where I could learn, and so uh, I would be working with a client on a blog, and I would say, "Hey, you know your website's not really clear. Could I have a can I have a stab at like fixing that up?" And like, sure, can you do that? And I was like, well, "Let's see." So you know, I never, I very rarely wait for people to uh, you know to ask. Or I never wait till I think I'm ready. I just kind of see something that I think could be better, and I and I jump in. So that's really how copywriting um, came about for me. And then um, I read uh, the book by Donald Miller and followed him on StoryBrand. And this Phenomenal. is kind of like a manual for copywriting. And I said. I like that. And I just stuck with one way of copywriting. And that is kind of our framework we use for all the writing we do. And that's kind of what legitimized myself anyway, as a copywriter, because I had a framework, I had something I could say I did. Yeah, shout out to Donald Miller. He also has his new book, Business
1: Made Simple. Yes. Everybody check that out. That is like the Bible and plus, you know, Brand Made Simple. Lisa, I'm right there with you. I was in business for a couple years. Gosh, I was in my mid-20s, early 20s. And everybody would throw around the word copy. Oh, add some copy here. Do this. And I would nod, but I felt so stupid. And I was so embarrassed to ask, what is copy? I have no idea. It was like three years. So until this day... Lisa, I'll still tell it to other people or employees. Hey, add some copy here. We got to work on the copy. Yeah, right? Business owners and they're like, I could tell that they're embarrassed as I was to go, what the heck is copy? I have no idea what you're saying. Right. Yeah, mean, It
0: that. truly is just words that sell and uh, it's different than content writing, which is words that build trust or build a relationship. And, um and so understanding the difference and when you use them and what tone you should take with them is really important. And, you know, I always say you should never write your own copy, or most of it where it's important, because you're a little too close to it. And you think, you know, and it's like, ah, it's nice to have, like, actually an outside opinion of somebody that kind of says, um, here's a way that you can position it um so people can understand it. So yeah.
1: Yeah, Lisa, totally get you on that because you're too close to it. But do you also suggest that as a business owner you write your own at the beginning just to kind of get your voice? Oh yeah. Oh God, mm-hmm. yeah. Like listen, I we're not
0: talking about startup here. Like I'm not gonna tell anybody, oh, go hire a professional copywriter. It doesn't work. Um, but eventually as you get to a point where you're finding success and you're wanting to grow or you're wanting to narrow or things like that, just like having a business coach where you bounce ideas off of, a good copywriter is really there to help you advocate for your customer on the other side of the screen or on the other side of the email that says they're not going to understand this or you're using too much jargon or what do you mean by that? So that is where just basically a second set of eyes is helpful. Totally get that. And I just
1: had a huge uh aha. I got goosebumps as you were talking because you're absolutely right. I've been writing my copy, especially on Instagram, just to kind of loosen my words, to kind of marinate in who I am and I'm hitting an upper limit like Gay Hendricks talks about in the big leap hitting yeah. an upper limit. And I need a separate set of eyes. You're absolutely right on that. Yeah. Lisa, would you say that you had an accidental business? Cause I've been coaching business owners and they're all like, I
0: guess I have a business. So here we go, Joanne. Oh, good God! It took me years to actually admit that I was like, Oh, I think oh, I'm a business. Is. My accountant was like, you know? Um, and, and so, you know, the story goes, and I I tell the story all the time that I left a full-time job, uh, assuming I would get another full-time job. And in an interim, I hopped on Upwork to just hustle and, you know, write some blogs and I was like, oh, I can always pick up a few jobs there doing some writing and stuff. And, um, Well, the phone never rang. I never got an email, never got one interview, 20 beautiful cover letters and resumes out the door. I live in Los Angeles, for goodness sake. There's plenty of opportunity here and not one. And about three or four weeks in, I had a coming to Jesus moment where I was like, shit, this is it. Like I'm I'm a single mom at this point, very newly single and three kids. And I was like, I have to make this work. So I don't know about accidental or more like, uh get your you know life together and mm-hmm. and put your head down and and make this work. And so out of hunger mm-hmm. <laughs> and necessity, a business was built not having any idea that I was going to create. I was still kind of uh doing it for a good year with Google Docs and PayPal and you know like all the things that you need to do to cobble together what we would call a real business until my accountant was like, you know you made over a hundred thousand dollars last year. And I was like who are you talking to? Like, <laughs> I'm just a single mom hustling at the end of my kitchen table. That can't be me. Wow. And yet, it, sure it was. And I was like, I think I have a business here.
1: <laughs> wow. And I love Lisa how you said you said yes to everything. Like yeah. it was co-creating with you. And then it it developed. That was myself. That's how I learned so many things. Yeah, I'll do it. Sure. sure. Let me I'll, I'll, and it, it's like the
0: little, little yellow brick road.
1: Yes. And it'll just kind of find your way into what your client is looking for. They'll tell you what they They'll
0: tell you 100%. If you are service-oriented, meaning you want to serve your clients, if you have their best interests at heart, if you enjoy what you're doing, one, you're either going to identify opportunities that you want to step into that maybe you're not quite ready, or they are going to see it in you and pull it out of you. And for most people, the freelancers I coach and work with, they are more prepared, more ready than they think they are, they uh, tend to shy away or go, oh, no, I'm not ready, whatever. But the client goes, can you do this? I will pay you money to blah, blah, blah. Can you do it? Um, And they're like, I say, say yes and figure it out. Because just by them asking is a vote of confidence. Somebody else is seeing what you can't see in yourself.
1: Oh, boom. That's good, Lisa. That's freaking good. It's like free business coaching from the client going, you could totally do this, but they're saying it in other words. Okay. That just reminded me, Lisa, my person that edits my podcast, I yeah. sent him an email and I said, Hey, are you interested in editing videos and adding like the the copy to the bottom? Yeah. And I said, I think you'd be great. Just like you said, I yeah. think you'd be great. And he's like, I never thought of it. All right, let me look into it. I'm like, if I could put everything in one, that was so good, Lisa. Whoa, <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. Mind bomb right there. This show is all about how to get back up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, real I, tips, tricks, whatever you want to call them, steps, like what did everybody do to get back after their comeback story? Mm-hmm. And what I've realized, Lisa, is that we see the end, right? And I'm like, what happened in the middle? Yeah. I was watching a documentary the other day and I'm like, it was a good documentary, but I wanted the middle. Right, you know what I mean. I wanted to see that, and so tell us about. You know, I know you had a, a divorce, and now you have an amazing person partner in your life now. Yeah. How did you get there?
0: Right, that that oh, that get back up. Well, here's what prompted it. Your message to me was like, "Hey, our theme is about kind of getting back up from a setback." And literally, this is what I was like, "Oh, you got the wrong girl." I haven't had any setbacks. <laughs> I literally said that to myself. I was I- like, "Oh." And then you said, like, especially in the pandemic, I was like, no, I actually did really well in the pandemic. So I was like, oh, maybe I'm not. And I was like, oh, actually, I got divorced. That's probably a (laughs) setback. And here's the funny thing. Clearly, I don't see it as a setback. That that is that is the that is like what blows my mind wow. is that oh, where's your biggest failure? And I'd be like, oh shoot, I don't got to make one up. Like, oh no, wait a minute, yeah, uh, a marriage of eleven years failed. I guess I guess that's failure. And then there's part of me that's like, no, no, not at all. <laughs> nope, it's the evolution of who I am and where I was going. And um you know, after uh many, many, many years of intense work and counseling and therapy, paid, unpaid groups, pastoral counseling, um literally four years of that, both of us committed to it, um, we knew that just nope, we, we, we have we had evolved from on where we were. And you know, a lot of people have the same story where they meet somebody and they get pregnant and then they say, Okay let 's do this <laughs> mm-hmm. and and so, in some ways, the choice has been taken away, or you assume the choice has been taken away, and then, if you have any religious background, you are now married for life right so there 's a lot of societal things that drive um, our decision making and then basically going well it 's out of my hands, just got to deal with it and um, you know, a lot of people have gone through divorce It's This is not a taboo thing anymore. Um, and I think when you get to the point where you realize you could be healthier outside of it and a better parent um, and a better person outside of the situation, and then you make that choice. So here is where the, the get up story comes in. Um, I chose to move out. And for most women and moms, that's not quite the role. you know usually it's the dad that leaves and the mom stays and takes you know care of the kids and so there is some you know maybe some stigma around the mom leaving and um, I carried a little bit of that with me, and I was like, you know what it's still the right thing to do and as I was thinking about our conversation heres here's what I wanted to share that gave me the courage to do these things was that I realized I never wanted to be reliant on somebody that that I had to make decisions because I put myself in a position where I either didn't have money I didn't have a choice I didn't have a a, you know a career I didn't have these things and so I would I would have to stay and the idea that he was not going to leave the house made it very clear we could have just like you know one of these and I was like I'm out I'm out I didn't have a place to go but I was like okay I can make a choice here and the other thing I wanted to say about this conversation is that I moved into a very tiny two-bedroom apartment in our local town. We, we lived in a nice house, and I left with two suitcases and two thousand dollars that I had to borrow from my parents. And I got out, and I found a little tiny two-bedroom house, uh, apartment. I have three kids, you guys. Wow. Did not a lot of room for four people. Okay. Um, and but the thing is, I did what I needed to do. And I didn't tell myself, this is my new life. I said, this is what I do for now. Until I go to the next thing. You oftentimes we think that the problem that we're going through, we are literally going to go through it forever. It feels like this is just how yeah. it's going to be. And I'll tell you, there was many days in that t- little tiny two bedroom <laughs> apartment where I'm sitting at the end of my kitchen table working. And then I'd go pick up the kids from school, clear off my office so the kids could do homework while well, I made dinner. Yeah. And then after dinner, I cleaned the table, and then out came my office again, right? Wow. I, I'm not trying to tell a sob story here. Luckily I had a laptop and a table. Um, but you do what you have to do knowing that it's not forever. Okay. And okay. being so grateful for that tiny little piece of peace and joy. I was so thankful that I was in a position where I could make my own decisions and determine my own future and take care of their kids the way I wanted to take care of it, that that little uh, P-E-A-C-E and joy that I felt is what triggered me and uh, a personal growth, professional growth, and then feeling like if I can do that, if I can believe that I can do just about anything. And I kind of translated that into, okay, let's do it again with a job. Like, let's figure out how do we, you know, kind of get up, start over.
1: Very inspiring, Lisa. I love having these conversations because I receive so much. Your point of view created that. Did you learn that from
0: somewhere when you were a young girl? Did yeah. you always have that? From whom? So oftentimes the things that we go through as kids um translate into great skill sets even though they were born out of maybe not great circumstances. We all have childhood issues, traumas and things like that. And so parents get divorced when I'm 7. Um even though it was a great, you know, divorce, I stepped into the role at 7 of taking care of my mom, making dinner, helping my you know, my sister with her homework, being basically the parent of the house and and realizing that I don't have to wait for anyone to take care of me. I think if you can get that into your uh, system and your mindset, then um, that, and then you kind of look around and you realize nobody's coming to rescue you. I think the biggest handicap a lot of people have is their mother three doors down, their auntie who are willing to take them in, right? Or something they could go back to. They always have a rescue plan. And in some ways, if you can kind of like cancel plan B And now have a rescue plan. I'll tell you what, you get so creative and empowered by making what you have work instead of constantly trying to find, oh, I need something easier. I want something more comfortable. You just go, suck it up. (laughs) This is what we got. Am I all in?
1: I like to ask myself that question because I've looked at past relationships, past business ventures, and I knew, I know now, Lisa, Mm
0: -hmm. when I was
1: one foot in, one foot Mm -hmm. out, but I didn't energetically know it then. Yeah. And now I know when I'm all in and something and when I'm all in in something, it's actually easier, even though, like you said, it's not that fun to be in the
0: two bedroom apartment, but it was easy. It was easy. Oh, you, everything changes when it's yours and you've chosen it and you are you know responsible for it. You're paying for it. And oh, my gosh, I just rem- I just remember that little place with such fondness. And it wasn't until like, I think right towards the end where I was like, I'm done. Like I'm done. We're done here. Like next. My accountant was like, listen, <laughs> you're making enough money. Do you realize yeah. you could write your taxes off if you had an office? So I'm uh-huh. encouraging you, go find something bigger because you'll actually it'd be better for you. And I was like, I was like, I got permission. I graduated and we moved yeah. into this place and this is the biggest, best house I've ever lived in in my whole life, right? It's like a little princess house. Mm -hmm. And about three months ago, we're like, oh my God, we're busting. Like we got to get out of here. It's time time to go to the next thing.
1: (laughs) All in Mm -hmm. and know when you're all in and when you're even one pinky toe out, that's 1% and you're just like, "Mm," and you're looking in the rearview mirror just in case, like you said, having your mom three doors down, just in case.
0: Oh girl, that's good. Yes. And here's, here's the reality too, about working for yourself. You know, we're talking about business and things. Um, there are many days that I woke up and I was like, I'm just gonna go get a job. Like, this is not (laughs) worth it. Like, I want somebody to just pay me and tell me what to do do." (laughs) as a business owner, you make so many decisions. And then there's so many mornings I wake up and I was like, I literally just have to walk downstairs and I can turn on my computer and start making money. And I was like, Okay. That's nice too. Um, and so I think you have to go through that growing pain of like two steps forward, one step back, two step mm-hmm. forward, one step back. So yes, you have to be all in, but there's nobody who's usually all in from day one. Amen. It's just like exponential. Like, you know, you yeah. just start going, okay, okay, okay. And now, um, I don't think anybody can pay me enough to be their employee. I was just like, no, sorry, those (laughs) days are past. I'm making too much money, so that's a great feeling too. You realize actually I have no plan B. I own a business, (gasps) and like you know, no plan B. Like,
1: yes, I get it. When there's days, there's moments I have a plan B. But you're like, yeah, there's no plan B. I can know now, Lisa, when I had a plan B, unconsciously, or I didn't know. You know what I mean? Energetically, people can feel it like, mm-hmm, girl, you, you ain't all in. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, yes, I am. You know, I'm. Like, yes, I am. <laughs> no, girl, you weren't. How old were you, Lisa, when you got married?
0: Uh, I was 30. Yeah. So, you know, here, here's a funny thing. You know, when you get pregnant at 30 and he's 35, you're not kids. You're not dumb. You are adults. And it's not something like, oops, you know, you're like, no, Like we made like, we're adults. We make this decision. And, you know, I don't regret it in any way. Um, and I, as a person and a human being had my, uh, very micro awakening towards the end when things got to be so, um, hard, we were never fighters. There was no abuse. It was just one of those highly functioning, pretty people, couples, like not them. You know, we were very active in church and all the things, but, you know, we all know what goes on behind closed doors or not even behind closed doors deep in our heart. We go this is this is just not this is just not working. And um, the the book that changed everything for me it was my first um, kind of entryway into personal development and um, really the awakening of understanding why we do the things we do. What is the voice in our head? What is love really? You know what are we here for? Is there a greater purpose? And all the things. Um, and that was my gateway drug into going. Oh my gosh, there's more out there than what I've just been told. And What I would tell people is this, if you can go through some kind of an experience that causes you to say, how did I not know this? What it does for you is it goes, what else don't I know? If you can start asking that question, like, hold up, that was pretty awesome. Am I missing anything else? I love when you talk about getting curious. If you can unlock that Pandora's box just a little bit, I'm telling you all the stuff will come to you that you need. And I have had, you know, now four, we've been divorced four years, four and a half years to go through, you know, my graduate program. And now you introduced me to Abraham Hicks and like Joe Dispenza. And I'm just like, I'm getting my master's degree and and growth. Um, But I literally say to him almost every day, how did I get to become 47? And not know this stuff. Yeah. And what else don't I know? And I am on a pursuit to know all the things and realize there is just so much more out there for us. And I think that even with Abraham Hicks talks about optimism, hope, curiosity already lifts you higher and puts you in the right vibration to understand that stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Lisa, I love how you said high functioning, pretty couple, or whatever you said. I, that was me with business 15 years ago. I was a high functioning, crazy business owner, or right. crazy. let's say unhappy. Yes. Let's say uh, divorced from myself. You know what I mean? Like yes. I was divorced in that way, or I was in a marriage with myself that was high functioning, not good. And so divorcing that relationship with myself. Oh mm-hmm. my god, that was so good. Okay, one more time because I know you showed your books, but I want <laughs> you to show them. For oh, I, there's see so me. many of
0: them. I just picked a couple off the shelf, and these aren't even recent. These are the ones that. Oh, if I go back to my original, like my original journey, right? And it's the funny thing is I get almost all my books from the thrift store. There's no excuse. Two ninety nine unlocked everything for me, and I was like, oh. This is what love is supposed to be. Ah, okay. What else is it supposed to be, right? So this one is really powerful. Um, It's very old school. It's been around a long time. Like The road less traveled. 20 some odd years. This one is a, is more of like a, a deeper graduate level. Like this one, I can only read a couple pages at a time. And I was like, well, let me process yeah. the that. The power of now. Yeah. Again, this is old school. And here's the funny mm-hmm. thing. I'll just throw this out there. When... um. Kind of growing up, and not growing up, in in the in the church, we're not allowed to read this stuff. It was like, oh, you can't read that because that's new age or that's not, you know, Bible, or and I was like, so for years, I was like, oh, that's up the devil. I can't read that. Yeah. All the while, it has the most, uh, like, oh, it's just fabulous. So anyway, you know, the, all the things that, again, I was told that um, held me back or held myself back. I'm now kind of stepping into. You're in a new relationship
1: now, new partnership. How did that come about?
0: That happened about a year after uh, separated, moved out, and things like that. And I had, I mean, this could be its own podcast. I had a good nine months of dating online. I tell the story, Lisa. Lisa, you had a date a day or what? Please. Oh, my God. At least... Oh, so they had two in a day. <laughs> oh, for sure. It was crazy. I, I had you. so much fun. I yeah. had the most fun time of my life. I'll never regret it. I never have any issues with it. I made I made friends. I saw all over LA. I rediscovered myself. I showed up as a blank slate every single time. Um I was very intentional. I was very focused. I was very purposeful with what I was doing it was about me not about finding somebody and Ooh. when you when you come into that intention what happens is you attract the same type of people Ooh. so if you're going out desperate you will find desperate but i went out finding like really fun awesome people who were like yeah let's just hang out and like have a great conversation you know wasn't about you know like you know getting dirty and none of that it was really it was just really a lot about having fun and um from that, I met some really amazing people, and um, Mario was the second date I went on. And nine
1: months, let's get clear on that. Oh, so yeah. Knows. yeah. So
0: it was nine months. He was the second date. And after we went out maybe a couple of times, he was like, You need some time. Go sow your wild oats. Go have some fun. Like, just, you know, you, you got to go through this. Okay. Like, I bless you. Go. Yeah. And through that, we stayed really close friends. And so he watched my whole journey. We would laugh about it. We'd catch up and have a drink. And I'd tell him all about my crazy stories. And we just connected. We started doing CrossFit together. Um, the whole cliche, it's really good to be friends before you actually get in a relationship. We actually truly were almost best friends. And to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm done. I don't really want to waste my time meeting somebody new. I would rather just hang out with you. And that was kind of when we both aligned at the same time. And he's like, I've just been waiting. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. He sounds like an amazing
1: man. I haven't met him, but all the stories that you've told me and how he has the ability
0: to want to grow with you and wow. co create with you. Right? Unbelievable. I have never experienced this, even with like just with friends um we talk about it a lot our mutual respect and our communication our commitment to communicate and our mutual respect drives everything we do and the the guy is even a more voracious reader than i am as soon as i pick up a book he's like what are you reading we we read the same kind of stuff so we're learning about it at the same time we last year at the beginning of the year we learned how to do meditation the transcendental meditation we meditate together, not like holding hands and weird stuff, but just like we're committed to growing. And so here's the thing. Again, this could be a whole other podcast. He was far on the like, well let's just call it the left, whatever that means. Okay? We gotta get to yeah. Religiously, political whatever. And here's Lisa Church girl way over here, just divorced with three kids. And we meet online and we go out and he's like, sorry, honey, like this is not gonna work, right? Fast forward four years, and literally we have both come to center. We grew together. Um, and I know people that's probably going, man, I wish my, I wish my, like, you know, and I, I can you can, I, can see, I already feel it in a lot of people going, well, that's not my story. I can't mm-hmm. change Like It is so heartbreaking. But if you believe it's possible and you go first, mm-hmm. so you don't wait for that. You have to go first and you will attract that. And, and so on paper, we did not look compatible at all. But if you have a growth mindset or you're committed to your own personal growth and you attract that, sky's the limit of where you can go as a couple. Where you start is not where you actually live. Like, no way. So that's what I would say.
1: Lisa, the way you said when you were dating for those nine months and almost yeah. a date every day to a day, you said, I'm going to do this. It's going to be fun. I'm going to yeah. show up for me girl, I'm right there with you because I can tell when I was dating, you know, months back, a year back, yeah. when it was like out of desperation, I just wanted like somebody to hang out with me during the quarantine. Sure. And then when I'm like, oh, let's have fun. Yeah. He pops into my life like within a second, like he's just right there. And it's like, wow, it actually can get better and co-creating together. Yes. And who's going to go first? Maybe he'll go first today. Maybe I'll go first today. Thank you for sharing that. And this one part that I do remember, and I I only tried it for a little bit because he popped in right after I we went on our event. Yeah, but you said you would always sit. When was your non-negotiable? date? Oh. <laughs> I had these crazy <laughs> rules. Phenomenal.
0: I had these crazy rules, right? I was pretty, I was pretty easygoing, very trusting, um, somewhat naive. I live in LA. I literally would, you know, meet people like out. I just, I just had a trusting nature. I got to know him a little bit. Anyway, I had a rule that whenever we would meet. That I never sat across from a table with anybody. And listen, we all know, like, don't go for a big dinner your first date. Like, that's a disaster. So, one, I always preferred the bar because we could sit side by side. But literally on a first date, even though it's awkward, I would come up and the guy might be sitting there. And then the waitress would pull the chair out. And I was like, oh, no. And I literally would come and slide in next to them. And they're like, Hello. <laughs> And I was like, this is how it works because I want to, I want to be close. I want to have that, you know, that connection, the body language. I don't want it to feel like an interview. And from that moment, they're like, game on. This girl is like, who is she? And it just raised everything up, you know, and it wasn't like I was all being sexy at all. I was probably being more stupid and fun, but it was just a really important thing if I was going to try to, you know, make a connection with people.
1: What a game changer. I think that's a huge game. When you told me that, I'm like, that makes sense. It feels like an interview. There's a different energetic feeling because when I sit at a bar next to somebody, it's already different. I imagine at a booth and for you to just walk around, I can imagine the guy like, whoa, his chest just gets bigger and he just feels like
0: king of the jungle. Yeah.
1: Well, It was phenomenal. Well, it's just
0: not like a typical date. Right. And so all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're not playing by the same rules here. Like what's happening. And I think as soon as people get thrown off, yeah. they open up and they're like, what else could be different? Like, how else could this go? So, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Any other
1: rules that you had anybody out there that's, you know, dating right now that could take on some of those rules?
0: You know, um, I guess, you know, for, for me, I went on a lot of like first dates very few second dates. Um, Try not to put all your eggs in one basket. Mm. Like having one conversation with somebody, what happens is that you really start to imagine things that aren't there, or Mm. you paint a picture of what, what he's really like. And so that's what you're looking for. And then when that doesn't work, then you're back to like nothing. I know it's going to sound like being a player. Trust me. When you have a few conversations going And you're not there to answer immediately or, hey, you want to go out tonight? Yeah, I'm free. You know, like Mm -hmm. all of that. You legitimately are kind of like busy. You're like, yeah, I'm free next Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, hello. They're like, "Um," you know, it's this thing if you pull back a little bit that they lean in. And again, I didn't do it on purpose. I just kept a very busy schedule. Now, listen, I didn't date every single night. I had kids, but It was kind of like, you know, one week on, one week off, (laughs) five days and three days. And so like whenever I was like, I'm ready. So I got a little rest and then I would go out and and go out and stuff. But literally don't put all your eggs in one basket and don't make assumptions and don't take things personally. Read the four agreements if you haven't yet, but just literally keep your word. Don't assume anything. Don't take it personally if they don't call you back. People have all kinds of shit going on in their life. Yeah. And you, it's not about you. It is never about you. And so, this is such a great experiment lab to like remind yourself. Okay, that's right. It's not about me. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then do your best. Four agreements, everybody. Yes. Shout out to that book. Yes, the fun, simple read to, yes. to listen to and to read. I know you were listening to it, but yeah. again and again. When you were dating or during that that four-year period, did you notice, Lisa, because this is in my point of view, that when this is happening and you're putting yourself out there for you, was your business growing uh, like with the ability for you to go out on these dates and then also meet uh, Mario? The
0: confidence translated. I think it's really important to do physical things in your life that you can borrow the confidence. To then take into your professional life,
1: I'm writing that down.
0: So a uh, segue here for a second. I started uh, CrossFit right after I met Mario. He said, "Oh, I do CrossFit," and I was like, oh, "I'm interested. I don't know how to do this." That again is a whole nother podcast. Me showing up scared <laughs> every single day, crying every time I showed up to CrossFit. So your like, eyes like this. What are they going to ask me to do? And I'd walk in and I'd see the ropes hanging, and I'd be like, "Shit!" Like rope climbs. Anyway. I did hard stuff physically to prove to myself that I could just do hard stuff. If you have not positioned yourself so that you're doing something hard, then you're gonna have a hard time when hard things come. (laughs) We do hard things now, so we can do even harder things later. Put that on a t-shirt, because it is so true. And too many people do not actually proactively position themselves to do hard things, right? And that's why an exercise routine is really important. Um, going on first dates. That's a hard thing for some people, right? Like it is. So just getting the nerve to go up and out there and have a conversation and prove to yourself, I didn't die. That was actually fun. I don't like them, but at least I did it. I remember one time, this is so good. I had a hard time speaking my mind in my marriage. I had a hard time saying what I really wanted. I was quite passive. I'm not passive aggressive in the sense that I'd huff and puff and and i wanted to learn to say the tough things. And guess what? Dating will give you lots of opportunities. Mm-hmm. No, i'm not ready for that or put it away or whatever you need really. to say, okay? <laughs> anyway, um so i'm on his date and you know he bought a drink. Okay, anyway, just real long story short. From the literally from the second i saw him walk from the parking lot, i was like, oh no. no, no. You already knew. So, let's go in, have a drink. And then he bought a round and I bought a round. He's like, Hey, you ready for another round? I remember I went to the bathroom. And I prepped myself I was like, okay, this is where you're going to say hard things. Yeah. This is where you're going to do it. And you're not going to die. I was texting my friend in the bathroom. I was like, I can do this. I can do this. And I loved it. I came out and I was like, Mark, this has been really awesome. I'll be honest. I don't feel a connection. I want to be really upfront with you. Um, I really enjoyed our time. I think you're fascinating. I'm not even just saying that this is super awesome what you're doing. He was he wrote horror movies and was a director and I was like, wow. very different. And, um, anyway, so I said, I'm going to go. And, um, I feel really good being able to end it this way. And so thank you. And he was like, that is so refreshing. He's <laughs> like, you you're not telling me. me you're going to call, but you don't, and You make." So- I was like, no, I just wanted to be honest with you because I actually respect you. I got out of the car and I was like, like, I, like, said like I said the hard thing and I didn't die. And I was like, you can do it, Lisa. And so literally, it was like little moments like that. I just think dating is this opportunity to like try all kinds of stuff out.
1: (laughs) Lisa, amen, amen. Same thing, girl. When I was dating, you know, a couple months back, and this guy was doing this thing. And like you said, I knew from the beginning. And I'm like, oh, Joanna. So I'm like, Joanna, here you go. You can say it. And I said it to his face. I said, this is not working for me. And like you said afterwards, I was so proud of myself. I was so proud. Now, he was not as um, receptive as your guy. He was a little more combative. And I'm like, Joanna, you got this. You could do the hard stuff. You could say it. And when I did that, Lisa... My my business or my videos things like that, like nothing scares me anymore. Yes. When people say I'm afraid to go on Instagram or do a video or et cetera. I'm like, that is just the symptom of something else. Yes. Let's work over here. It's just like fitness. Oh, you want to lose 10 pounds or or shrink your body? Let's work over here. Is your closet clean? Is your are you washing your dishes? And people go, What does that have to do with fitness? Because, like you said, the hard, the consistent stuff, the way you do anything the way you do everything. how
0: you do everything. And so, yes, it translated over. I, um, I started as a freelance copywriter by myself. And for two and a half years, I would do the sales calls, get the client, do the work, deliver the work, and repeat, repeat, repeat. So I was on video calls all the time, basically being interviewed or pitching and all this stuff. Um, and what, because of the dating, and it happened like around that time, um, I was able to say no. I was able to put boundaries in place with my clients. I had to fire a couple clients that were not treating me well and I had to, to own up to some mistakes. I had to say, you know what? I'm really sorry, I miscommunicated here. I was like being a big girl. I literally was being a big girl for the first time and I was like, whoa, this is so scary, exciting and yet it's what you have to do to break out to be a business owner. To be a true entrepreneur, you have got to be able to say the things um, in a way that people can hear them and be like, okay, that's fair. So yeah. yeah, oh my gosh,
1: so good. I always say, being on on these dating apps is like a master's degree in yourself. Yes, like, just go out there and date. That's a master's. Yes, okay, do it for a whole year, whatever it takes. You know what I mean? Oh, thank you for bringing that up. Last thing before we end this, Lisa. Yes. Now I know the pandemic hasn't really uh, affected you and your business. You know how does it get better? So grateful, but and what have you received? or a lesson or, or a gift from the pandemic with your business that you
0: can see now after 10 months? Really great question. And, and you know, let me be clear. As I said in the beginning, <clears throat> I guess I don't see setbacks as much. I happen to be an Enneagram 3. We're always looking at the shiny side of things. Um, you know, I have three kids that are homeschooling now here, in fact, that was that ruckus. They were all making lunch uh, just a few minutes ago. Sorry about that. Um, so that that has been challenging in that balancing a business by still really stepping into the mom role even more and making sure the kids are okay. Um, all of us are doing that. So I don't know, don't cry me a river. Like I, I understand that. Um, the thing that I appreciate is that what I got out of the pandemic is just because the world is telling you it's bad. Your business is going to fail. Or like, this is the way things are going to go. I was like, yeah. And I remember telling my team that very first week, it was like March 17th. I sent a video and I said, guys, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm here with you. I brought on a big team. And I said, we're going to get through this together. We'll pivot. I was like already preparing for it. And then business kept going up and up and up. And I was like, my... Reality is not matching what the world is telling me, and I was like, Ooh, huh. so okay, right And then I realized this the year the pandemic taught me that just because I hear it or somebody tells me it doesn't mean it's actually true, and what if I actually just like believed in what my spirit's telling me or source or like what my my circumstances are telling me and I was like. There you go. So I just I kind of got rid of a lot of the noise and said, what is the best thing for the business, for my clients, for my kids, and I made decisions based on that, not based on like all the stuff. I always kind of like point outside. I was like, I don't know what's going on out there. Yeah. I yeah. just know that this right now is great and safe and happy and peace. Let's just keep that.
1: You are so good at that, Lisa. Your point of view creates our re- reality, and your point of view is just like so such an awe when I'm around you, I'm like, yeah, yeah, more of that, you know, you just kind of get from different people and I appreciate that really. And Uh, it's authentic, you know? Yeah. It's really authentic. Thank you. And this was such a, contributive conversation. Every yeah. time I talk to you, it's just like, wow, nugget after nugget after nugget. Thank you. Where can everybody find you if they're interested in working with you or just saying, Hey, what's up, girl? I like the city next to each other on a date.
0: Yes, all the things. That's the funny all thing things. is I'm supposed to talk about like one thing, whatever. Like we travel, I talk <laughs> about relationships, I talk about parenting, I like do Olympic lifting and weightlifting you in do. my garage. And like, Oh, yeah, I'm a copywriter. I don't know, take your pick. I'm not hawking anything. I'm like I can't sell enough, right? Um, I think I think the thing that that you know, you can find me on Instagram at Lisa Coombs. Um Facebook's a great place. I have a really if you're into like being an entrepreneur or freelancer or business owner, um I have a couple of Facebook groups you guys can post the link to where I'm there. I show up for my community and I I talk like this. I I real talk. I put on a free masterclass every month where I do free teaching. And if you just watch that, you'd be like, man, I can go conquer the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I sell courses and things, but really um, I have been blessed with such abundance in my life that it's overflowing. And I just have the business mind to set some structures up to get the overflow to the right places. And so whether you're a business owner and you need coaching or you need copywriting help or you're a freelancer, all the things, but Stories are highly entertaining. I kind of say it like it is. And yeah, and you get to have a sneak peek at Mario. Yes. (laughs) He's on there all the time. He's very shy, but he ends up making it on a lot. (laughs) He's in the background of
1: the stories. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that is your superpower. You're very good at that, Lisa. You can look at something and go, "Okay, this stream needs to go here." This, yeah, where that is not my superpower. So <laughs> I love that. So thank you, <laughs> thank um, you, everybody listening. We appreciate you. Yes, this episode and tag Lisa and yes. myself. You know, it's in the show notes on Instagram. I know she and I would love to hear from you Take a and. Photo yeah photo and we love you all remember girls to get back up and we'll see you next time bye. bye thank you so much for listening if you loved this episode and know of another girl who can benefit from this message please share it with your girlfriends and tag me on instagram at joanna vargas official i love your dms Also, I would be honored if you'd take 30 seconds and give the Get Up Girl a five-star review. I appreciate and love you all. And remember, girl, to get up and live fully.